This is Dr. Tribule with the Glial Goddess podcast. And today we are going to be talking about the clinical use of psychedelics for the mind with Dr. Rochelle Vater. She's a natural medical doctor, licensed mental health counselor, DCB, and a also has a master's in business. So she is a very studious as well as experienced lady. Dr. Vater is the owner of Health Maximize Clinic, and she has over 15 years of experience helping people with brain health challenges. Her area of expertise is in anxiety and depression, and her organization's goal is to provide affordable care using natural therapies to heal mind ailments. Specifically, we're going to be talking about ketamine-assisted psychotherapy in terms of the psychedelics realm today. It's not going to be all psychedelics. We're going to be very focused on ketamine-assisted psychotherapy and Dr. Vater's unique approach to helping people heal on their mind-body journey. So Dr. Vater is going to help us understand how ketamine affects the brain, who clinically benefits from it, why it is essential to work with a trained clinician when using ketamine, and some of the challenges of getting access to care. All right, Dr. Vater, I'm happy to hear and have you here. Hi, Ashley, how are you doing? I am fantastic. I'm grateful that you're here on the podcast to talk about what you do. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So basically going into um, the psychedelic assisted psychotherapy movement is really kind of in more of a boon. Um, so we, we have things in regards to like MDMA trials going on. Uh, we also have like in Oregon, there's the psilocybin uh, movement. So there's a lot in regards to the psychedelic movement. In particular, what I'm working on is ketamine assisted psychotherapy. So ketamine itself is a Schedule three drug. Uh, it is considered an anesthetic. However, at these like lower doses, it can be considered a little bit more of getting into a trance-like state, which then basically it helps to kind of alleviate some of the defense mechanisms that you might have in a waking state or uh, when you are not um, under the influence of ketamine. Because of this, um, it is considered almost like a subset of the psychedelics, and it's considered then like psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy. Um, the way that um, ketamine actually is working is, is that it seems like it's some research is being done, is, is that it seems like um, it has a neurogenesis property. So you're taking it at these, um, these lower doses or you know, more of a, a medium dose, um, and then it seems like what's going on is, especially for people that have treatment-resistant re depression, mm -hmm. that it's able to allow a flexibility, uh, and it's allowing them to gain access to ideas or uh, thought patterns that have a rigidity to it, and it's able to kind of open up those doors and being able to then explore those doors. Um, so that is where some of this is kind of going in regards to um, working with ketamine. Um, what I have noticed, so just to kind of give you a little bit of, of um, you know, my background, um, as I've said, like I've worked with, um, with mental health for over 15 years. And what I've seen with most people is, is that there's usually, and there's a lot of things, but it's like you have anxiety, depression, you have OCD, intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. And lots of those times when people are kind of like at that wit's end where they've tried medications, they've tried a lot of different uh, mind-body medicine techniques, or they've tried meditations and that nothing really seems to be working. That seems to be like the best candidate to be able to 
work with ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. Um, the protocol itself is, it's really heavily influenced on the psychotherapy portion and the integration. So this is about you go in and you sent, you set an intention. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, what it is that you want for yourself, you know, what's important to you, what are you looking for, right? You're working with the therapist in regards to setting that intention. You are described the process of what ketamine assisted psychotherapy is. Ordinarily, what happens is, is that we generally say in the first two weeks, you want anywhere between three to six sessions. Everybody is a little bit different. You may only need one to two sessions. You may need six to seven sessions, but generally three to six sessions. Um, after those sessions, what you're doing is, is that you're having an integration portion. So no more than really two days after you're having an integration with a therapist. And so what's going on during the session is that the ketamine is administered. Um, usually the way that I'm doing it is via trochee lozenge or via intermuscular. You are uh, there with the client. You've set the intention. Uh, you take the medicine. Uh, you know, it takes just about, I don't know, like maybe about 15 to 20 minutes in regards to a trochee. It's sublingual. It goes underneath the tongue and you allow it to dissolve. Uh, you're taking it intermuscular. It takes anywhere, I don't know, like from five to 10 minutes to kind of get going. And then what you're doing there is, is that as you're working with somebody, you're allowing them to go deeper and deeper into their space. Uh, they're able to confront matters that might have been scary for them. Uh, they are saying things, uh, you know, they're seeing images and you're able to write these things down. And then later on, what you're able to do in the integration session is bring up what was said, what was done, uh, you know, what maybe that, that patient was facing during the session. So it's pretty profound work. Yeah, this is fascinating. I mean, mm -hmm. this is like, like we spoke before in regards to this, this is really helping the person ground in themselves so that they can see past themselves. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's what it's looking for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And overall, there are certain contraindications that really are not the, the best for this medicine. So that's anybody that has any kind of psychosis or has had um, previous psychotic issues. Mm -hmm. uh, people that are uh, bipolar one, people that um, are in a hypomanic um, state, uh, those are, you know, people that have had more addictions to opioids. Those are kinds of contraindications from a mental health perspective. Contraindications from a physical perspective would be uh, no cardiovascular disease, uh, no hypertension, or more importantly, just um, no unmanaged hypertension. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, no people that have um, thyroid issues, especially hyperthyroidism. Um, so some of those are some of the physical things that you're looking for. So overall, in order to do the therapy, you need to have um, a mental health intake. You need to have a physical intake by a, a physician. Uh, so you have to have like those two clearances to go through with the medicine. And then, then from there, you schedule an integration session and talking about what it means. And then from there, you schedule like anywhere from the three to six sessions. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love that you're giving the clinical perspective of this to to us, And but I'd like to ask you a little bit more about like, you know, there's a lot of common myths around ketamine and people can get off the black market from my knowledge, right? So yeah. um, I'm glad that we distinguish that this, this can cause harm to people if used improp improperly and it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, what, what is psychosis? I know a lot of people don't realize, like, what does that mean? What does that look like in behavior? Sure. Overall, psychosis is a break from reality. Uh, A person is not able to uh, basically be able to ground. They may be seeing um, hallucinations. They may have hear voices. Uh, They may be able to, they may um, have sense or smells or even feel things on their skin that are not there. And it's not able to be put into any perspective. So they've almost lost like a sense of uh, reality. Mm -hmm. And, and the difference between that and hypomania is the hypomania is the, the reality is there. They're just in a heightened state. Maybe yes. irritation, irritation, hypersexuality, mm-hmm. um, impulsive spending, yes. you know, the, the, it's an unfortunate state to be in because it's hard because a lot of people don't realize they live in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I like to distinguish those nuances because a lot of people don't understand the language of these, these terms, you know, like, what's that feel like? What is that like? Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so a little bit more about what you've seen. You said treatment-resistant depression, ketamine being useful for. What about any like severe conversion cases that you've seen like with trauma and somatic conversion or anything like that? I know some people don't believe in conversion in the field, but what's your take on that? Deep trauma. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely use it for deep trauma. It's being used also for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder as Uh well. A lot of veterans are getting a lot of help from it, um, a lot of benefit from it as well. Um, overall, um, it, you know, in regards to it, a lot of the research has been uh, mainly around the treatment-resistant depression. Um, but there's definitely going through, like, there's, you know, couples, ketamine. So it's kind of like, you know, working on building intimacy together and really kind of like bringing down those barriers and being able to have more intimacy and more contact within, a, you know, a couple. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been definitely used for many different situations. Mm-hmm. And this is also something to distinguish, too. So ketamine is also used intravenously, and you may hear on different podcasts, different resources, different doctors, that's mm-hmm. one way of using it, but the, the the art of medicine is understanding the the practitioner side of things and how they deliver their care, but also the the person, their needs, and and the way the medication works on the body and the different mm-hmm. uses of the medication. So, I want to emphasize that Dr. Vatra has um, a unique approach because she's doing a psycho psych, psychotherapy, but as well as a different form of use with ketamine in smaller, lower doses and not in IV doses. So it has a even broader effect there um, just because she's doing both of those things rather than either or, right? Yeah. So basically what I'm doing is because like the whole point for the ketamine assisted psychotherapy is to really be working the psychotherapy piece. You would really like to have a little bit of cognizance in regards to um, the person being with you. So um, I like to do the oral, which is the trochee, the sublingual. Uh, You get about a 35% conversion rate when you take it in. And then also um, the intermuscular, which is a slightly higher dose. Um, So overall, what you're doing is is that you're allowing someone to have a little bit more cognizance. However, they're still uh, feeling more of like the effects and they're allowing like those barriers and defense mechanisms to be lower just enough. So they're able to get a lot more out of that therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the beautiful thing there is, is I also wanted to ask you more about this is um, the extensive nature of the, the session. The duration is long, right? It's not a short treatment, a short care 
treatment. It isn't. So overall, um, you look at in regards to two, anywhere between two to three hours. Usually the first time when you're doing it with someone, you want to kind of plan a little bit more towards the three hours. Uh, when somebody is a little bit more experienced with it, then you can kind of go a little bit more with the, the two hours. But overall, it's between two to three hours. And you really want to be there with somebody and working with somebody, uh, you know, what they're under the influence and making sure that they're getting a little bit more cognizant and cognizant um, before you leave the session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is Dr. Vatra's growing her um, her tribe of people she's helping, and so she'll have a unique um, ex clinical experience um, around how how the relapse rates and occurrences like that will happen in you know, one of the things we talk about in mental health is like the, you know, once you have your first major depression event, which is a little separate from atypical depression, but you're higher risk, especially female of having another, right? So yeah. I'm curious to see as we have more experience with this in a clinical realm, what that will look like coming forward in long-term care. Yeah, it's looking like a lot of the symptoms are really having a some of some people have a resolution and many others have just a decrease of symptoms so this way they're able to really function much better in their life which is really fantastic yeah quality of life quality yes. of life for uh, very little risk i mean if you're screening well um this this is really very low risk right it, it is. I mean, basically, if you're doing the right kinds of screenings, if you're following the protocol, because once again, this is an evidence base. This is some protocols that have been developed through MAPS, uh, through many, um, the Ketamine Research Institute. So they have had all of these protocols. And as you follow these protocols, uh, you know, it really does re uh, reduce the risk, especially when you're doing the proper screenings and you're making sure that, you know, where people are and you're looking at that and you're looking at the whole totality of it and, and, and really respecting the medicine it's yeah yeah that's yeah, important and this is really cutting edge so it's, it's great that you're doing this and I'm just so grateful for you so you know the the beauty of this is is we get to hear a wonderful story I'd love to hear a wonderful story of a transformational case you've had if you'd like to share yeah so actually um it was um it was a younger um a younger gentleman and he wasn't, um, he was really identifying as them, they, and so he was really having a sense of, you know, identity and what that meant to, to, to them. And um, so we were able to really kind of um, do this and he was having a lot of issues with depression for all of his life. And he uh, did at least the three sessions and uh, he doesn't have any more of the suicide ideation. He's been thriving very well. He has been able to get school back into order. Um, he's, um, he's looking for a job. So that was something that he wasn't doing before. And he has actually um, now been increasing his social and his community. So that's really fantastic. Yeah, so I'd ask, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about the them they. So was mm -hmm. that a major problem in his case, like an identity problem? Uh, it was in the sense that not, many people were not respecting it and he really wanted to be gender fluid. And so that was an issue. It wasn't, a, you know, like an identity crisis. He knew who, who, they knew who they were. It's just that it was the acceptance in regards to uh, their family and uh, by many of their peers. So to be able to kind of embrace that um, and to understand a lot of the challenge that challenges that went along with fluidity. Mm -hmm. So did this help in that? Well, it did because it was much more of an acceptance of what was going on 
in their realm and in their reality and and accepting that there are some people that are not ready or not knowing how to um to to deal with a non-binary person yeah good so yeah this is a big struggle oh man wow yeah lots of memories there yeah the the um the challenges of self-acceptance if if the community around isn't accepting a person for who they deeply are, that piece and that becoming just so much more trauma and, and things like that and, and just regressing in some ways. So, wow, wonderful. It sounds like he, they, excuse me, they, them are in a, in a grander place and I'm sure anyone working with you would be too. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's phenomenal medicine. This is really about working with the medicine and working with this protocol and and to really do some investigation about it and to seek the help that somebody might need and to not be afraid of it. And to also realize that many people out there have the wrong idea of what ketamine-assisted psychotherapy is. And it's not about just giving a drug and saying, oh yeah, you're having a, you know, a journey. This is about a therapeutic approach with evidence-based protocols that have a time limit to it so you have a beginning and you have an end mm -hmm. I like that you emphasize that because yes the the realm of psychedelics have their own thing so we can speak a little bit on that because people are using uh, mushrooms for example for for spiritual awakenings and and um doing their own sort of dosing and stuff like that um yeah so you want to speak more to that yeah, well, a lot of that what's going on, like with the psilocybin is, is that, you know, you have like the whole movement is the, um, the micro dosing movement where you're doing just little bits every day, little bits every day, you know, and basically in regards to psilocybin, what it really seems like is, is an increasing um, serotonin. And because of that increase of serotonin, then you're feeling a little bit better. And then you just kind of keep that up. You do it for maybe three to four days. You take a few days off. So this way you don't necessarily build up a tolerance to it. So that's one thing that's going on. In regards to working with PTSD right now, they're also doing some um, trials in regards to veterans or um, military that have uh, just returned and they're working on that and they're hoping that they can, you know, eventually uh, replace or, you know, get have people have limited um, use of uh, more of the pharmaceuticals. Um, so yeah, that's something that's up and coming. I highly recommend people to check out MAPS. Uh, maps.org that's got a lot of the research on there um and they are a phenomenal phenomenal organization rick doblin created it i think it was like 1982 i think mm -hmm. uh, so i highly i highly recommend that um and right now oregon just like i said is is uh, legal in regards to the silly side that just happened and i know that they're working on it in denver so these are kind these are places that are kind of working on this mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and the, you know the difference is is that, excuse me, is is that with many people you'll find is is that, and this is where it kind of comes in with ketamine. Ketamine itself is not necessarily considered a psychedelic, the hallucinogen, the way that MDMA is, the way that psilocybin is, the way that ayahuasca is. Like those have like that schedule one category, and it has to do with the fact that they're considered hallucin hallucinogens and um, psychedelics. Uh, ketamine, on the other hand, is considered an anesthetic, schedule three, as I said, 
Um, however, it does have this sense of being a category, like a subcategory of a psychedelic, because you can get illicit hallucinations or a dissociative property. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure, because you have a lot of enthusiasts out there that are like natural psychedelics only, natural psychedelics only. And I absolutely support the whole psychedelic community and the psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. Uh, I, I do, um, I'm somebody that likes to go a little bit more with the protocols and more with a little bit of the, the evidence base and working with, you know, people that have been working with the medicine a long time, uh, people like even like the shamans or the ayahuasqueros or the people that are really knowing the medicine as opposed yeah. to I'm just going to go into my, you know, yard and then just take a, you know, bunch of mushrooms, you know, like there's ceremony that goes with it. There's intent that goes with it. There's protection that goes with that. You know, there's spiritual protection. There is emotional protection. There is soul protection. And that's really important. Yeah. So there's their anecdotal experience with the, the, the events and the relationship. And, and then there's the relationship between each other. That's super important. And those both in themselves have documented neuropsychological effects on the brain and health. So, mm -hmm. you know, we can't underestimate that. Doing things alone, it's just like drinking alone. It's just nothing is good alone. Mm -hmm. you right. Know? Like you don't, you don't do that. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different thing. And a lot of downsides income. So I, I love that you pointed out the nuances there with the, the ketamine it makes sense it's like ketamine is a is the lighter end of the stick and you go up in in um strength with the other ones is what i'm hearing yes absolutely absolutely yeah, mm -hmm. yeah so it'd be interesting what those with more research what those will will be affecting what certain conditions that'll help so one last thing um i wanted to ask is where is is ketamine is ketamine legal in all states in the US? It is. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. See, this is the beauty about ketamine, okay? So the beauty about ketamine is that it's used everywhere. It's used in the emergency departments. So if somebody is having some kind of a psychotic break or someone comes in, like they do utilize ketamine in order to bring them down, right? Like that's right. what um, what in regards to using it for mental health, it's a little bit considered more of an off-label use. So ketamine is rather uh, cheap to acquire. It's also um, a little bit cheaper on the side to be able to use. Like an, an IM, you can get that at a, at, a, at a typical pharmacy with a prescription. Um, lozenges you have to get from a compounding pharmacy because it's considered off-label. Um, you know, so this is something that's around. And the other thing to bring in with, you know, with ketamine, which I know is very important is, is that many people will bring it up is, is that there is uh, doing ketamine in a large amount of doses or continuing to use ketamine, there can be an addictive property to it, which is why it's really important to understand that, especially with ketamine assisted psychotherapy, that there's a beginning and there's an end. So it's not to be staying consistently on ketamine. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good point. That's a good distinguishing point. Yeah, because I think I also wanted to bring this up: the the level one versus the or the schedule one versus schedule three. Like the highly addictive is schedule one, right? So there's highly addictive tendencies for that um, product, that drug. And so a scheduled drug, there is theoretically addictive tendencies, right? So yeah, it's just like tiered on how intense. 
It, it is. I mean, the thing is, though, is, is that, you know, to say that, you know, uh, psilocybin is addictive or ayahuasca is addictive, it's more like the, you know, heroin. I mean, heroin definitely has an addiction proper, property. But yeah, they look at things, uh, you know, schedule one in regards to it can be highly addictive. However, that's something also where the FDA wants to really control and regulate those things. Mm-hmm. And they really want to control and regulate a lot of those like hallucinogens, LSD, things like that. Like they want Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, or they find that, that, that might be, um, you know, counterindicated to, to any kind of, um, pharmaceuticals that, uh, you know, companies that might, um, have other medicines and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's interesting, but in all regards, it's a good thing that we have access to it and you're doing what you're doing. Um, this is, we're making strides here and we're helping people that have been at loss of hope you know, so that's a wonderful thing. It's a God-given thing. So, yeah. Thank you. Cause that's exactly right. It really does give a lot of people hope that didn't have hope before and really having a much better quality of life and feeling a lot better about themselves. And that's like the main thing. Mm-hmm. The feeling part. So where, is, where can we find you, Dr. Vodder? Sure. So I am, um, actually, I am licensed in Arizona. I am licensed in California and I am licensed in Washington. In Washington, I am not prescribing the ketamine assisted, uh, the ketamine itself. I am doing more of the integration work, but Arizona and California is where I can um, definitely prescribe the ketamine. Okay. So do you, is there anything that you're doing just remotely online for for people that um, want to have access to your services? Well, you can check out my website, which is the healthmaximizeclinic.com. Yeah. Um, and overall, like that is kind of what my basis of my practice is, which is doing um, the ketamine-assisted psychotherapy with the trochies or the sublingual. Uh, it can be done at home and being done virtually. Uh, intermuscular injections, you're always there with the client. Mm-hmm. And these services, because of the value provided service and what you're doing, um, it's off label. You're not, this is not insurance covered. It is not, it's not covered by insurance. But the value and the, the affordability here, especially Dr. Vater and her experience, is there's no price. Like it's the value, it's the quality of life and experience that you get. And, um, and I just want to emphasize that. So. Yeah, considering the fact that when you, you know, you know, you look at all of the things, the psychotherapy and things that many people have had uh, and maybe have not found relief. Um, yeah, the, the, there's a cost that definitely is there, but there's so much more benefit. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're disabled and you can't work, there's a yeah. difference between you can't work. And if, you know, the cost of this, it's not there's not even a question. It's the value. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the value of this because you're going back to work. You're, you're able to date again. You're able to sustain life, your basic needs and then some, and, and that's, there's nothing more than that. So I just wanted to emphasize that. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So I will have, I'll post Dr. Vacher's link in the podcast below so you can find her and you can always network with me if you need, because her and I are going to be in contact. So Thank you, Dr. Walter, for your time. Is there any one thing you'd like to end in this conversation with? That, you know, if you're feeling like you need help, find and search people that will help you and get the help that you need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is why this podcast is here. It's a a resource to people and all people. So thank you, Dr. Walter.